talk about NFTs. Well, the first thing, the name is terrible. It's an acronym, and no one can remember it means non-fungible token. Maybe it's a way of saying, go away, this isn't for you. But if it's ever going to take hold, somebody will and needs to come up with a better name, something that says what it is and what it does. The second thing about NFTs, even though they've been around for almost 10 years, it's unclear if they're going to stick around. Because they're complicated and expensive to use, they use a lot of electricity, and again, people aren't sure what to do with them. Welcome back to Accelerando. I'm Paula Tuttle, and today we're talking about NFTs in the music industry. How do they work in the music world, and are they important to us? Streaming is here to stay. That much we're sure about. And the copyright laws and royalties attached to streaming need to be executed with each download. And that's a lot of information flying around. The royalties aren't set up in a way that guarantees payments, so that's a problem. It's 2024, and we're seeing the third stage of development of the World Wide Web. Some call it Web 3.0. We're hoping it's going to be a better way for payment of royalties. Let's see. Web 1 was static. When browsers came along, we could say the internet was born. Even Web 1.0 has evolved appreciably over time. You can still have a basic website today, where only the webmaster updates content. But most modern sites allow some interaction. Links to videos or contact forms, they remain close to Web 1.0's simplicity. Web 2.0 is where we are today. It's easily described as dynamic. You can type into a site or upload a video. That's Web 2. Web 2 means interactive applications and social media. It's easier for regular, non-technical people to create content. Maybe we use something like WordPress to create a website. Web 2 is now dominated by Google or Alphabet, Facebook, and now Meta and Instagram. It's YouTube, a place where you can upload or watch content. Web 2 started before the term was coined in 1999. So like so many words that describe a change or a period, they are retronyms. Web 3.0 is in its embryonic stages, so it's not a retronym. It's trying to fit the future into a term related to the web as we know it today. Web 3.0 can be summed up in one idea. Blockchains. We've seen blockchains used for cryptocurrency. It was the first digital asset to utilize blockchain technology, but they can be implemented for a lot more things. The metadata on a blockchain can potentially help identify pieces and their tags, ultimately send takedown requests to YouTube or elsewhere. YouTube already employs a method of fingerprinting that checks content at the time of upload, and they can block, tag, or monetize it for owner's rights. 
when content is tagged in a consistent way and costs can possibly be better accounted and tracked, it should be easier to know who did what and who needs to be compensated. And with blockchain, everyone has access to the same info. Something to think about. The very first blockchain cryptocurrency was Bitcoin, and it was invented by an anonymous person. They used a pseudonym, and we don't know their name even today. So there's no one to blame or a credit. Bitcoin came before NFTs. Both are digital assets. So we'll take them in order of appearance. Bitcoin is a decentralized currency. The money we use today on credit cards and banks is regulated by governments. Bitcoin is regulated on a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized network. In order to make transactions, they have to be approved, and the very complicated process is called mining. The blockchain keeps track of the mining. So what if you had to keep track of every purchase a dollar bill made? Lots of people think a blockchain is a huge waste of time and energy. But maybe blockchains will improve security and level the playing field in certain aspects. A blockchain is simply put, a database. You can also think of it as a ledger. It's organized so that everyone involved has their own complete record of all the transactions. Information can be added to a blockchain, but it can't be deleted or changed. So it's a ledger that gets bigger, longer, and well, more confusing and expensive in the amount of electricity it uses. Did we see this coming? Maybe. Here's a clip from a 1985 movie called Brazil. The world was anticipating the complexity of technology, and this is before we had any knowledge of the World Wide Web. Listen, this whole system of yours could be on fire, and I couldn't even turn on a kitchen tap without filling out a 27 B stroke six. Bloody paperwork. <laughs> I suppose one has to expect a certain amount. Why? I came into this game for the action, the excitement. Go anywhere, travel light, get in, get out, wherever there's trouble, a man alone. Now they got the whole country sectioned off. You can't make a move without a form. So why do we need Web3? One reason, and maybe a really good one, it will decentralize the power from Meta, Alphabet, and Instagram. One really great thing blockchains can do for us is to organize smart contracts. Ownership of a piece of music is embedded in a blockchain, and royalties can be executed and credited to the owner's accounts. It also can establish ownership when disputes arise. We think it will probably be a better way to make sure everyone gets paid. Considering the number of streams per second, this shift in technology will happen, maybe on the blockchain, or maybe a new technology will be better. We're just in the early stages. A lot of people think it's the future of the music business and a lot of other businesses. There are a lot of buzzwords floating about and blockchain is one of them. Most people don't understand it even to the extent that we're talking about it today. Some people say it's just a myth or a fairy tale. Maybe it's something parents tell their kids about at bedtime if they want them to grow up and go to MIT. Elon Musk has downplayed it, but that's not surprising. He was against the release of ChatGPT4 and OpenAI. Some people think he just wanted it for himself. And that's reason enough to just keep looking into Web 3.0.
Let's get familiar with NFTs for a moment. The very first NFT was a video clip created in May 2014. It was registered on a blockchain and sold for the purpose of demonstration at a museum conference of all places. At that time, it was called monetized graphics. The term NFT wouldn't emerge for four more years. The purpose of that demonstration was to show a new way to sell something intangible. It's not a thing. We've been doing that for a long time. You buy and sell stocks, bonds, a piece of a company, and you pay royalties. Hmm. So we see this trend. Money isn't something you hold in your hand for most of your transactions anymore. Okay, so for fungible, that means something that's interchangeable. One dollar bill is the same as another dollar bill. One pound of rice is the same as another pound of rice. A download of a streaming music piece is fungible and it's 99 cents. What's non-fungible? It has to be unique. A plane ticket. No two are really alike. A different seat, a different day. A work of art that's original, signed by the artist, is non-fungible. An NFT is a non-fungible token. Non-fungibility has existed on blockchains since about 2012. It was an idea for a while before it actually took shape with any use. William Entrekin was an author, a hacker, and a pioneer. He and a community of like-minded folks, they first coined the term NFT. These people were taking a complicated idea and trying to make it fit into our world. They defined a nomenclature and as a result established smart contracts known as ERC-721. So you want to drop some buzzwords this year? Want to talk about NFTs and Bitcoin? Know the difference between the two. Cryptocurrencies are fungible, tokens are not. If you do any gaming online, you've heard of NFTs. The first blockchain game was CryptoKitties. It was launched in 2017. Speaking of acronyms that need to get a better name, ERC721 means Ethereum Request for Comments. It's an NFT, but it came before the term was invented. So NFT is actually an improvement. Dropping ERC-721 into a conversation doesn't sound cool at all. 721 is a number. There are NFTs with the same ERC at the beginning and numbers like 20 or 1155. These are all digital assets that can be recorded on a blockchain after they are approved. So it starts as an EIP, an Ethereum Improvement Proposal. A committee has to do the approving, and when they do so, it becomes an ERC. By now, you're wondering, who are these people? What does this have to do with me and my music? Well, that's a good question. If you are asking that question, you're about as up-to-date as everyone else. Consider what the possibility of artists' growth can come out of Web3. The blockchain cuts out the middleman. In 2023, we see $65 billion in streaming and downloads. If you have a track on Spotify, typically you would need a million downloads to make $4,000. With an NFT, you might mint it for $40, and that's a typical estimate
So now you need 100 people to buy your song to make $4,000. Do-it-yourself recording platforms thrived in the 2020s. Now, the need for labels and record companies is diminishing even more. Your NFT can sell a single song or an album of songs. It could be a concert ticket that eliminates scalping and brings transparency. It could be a place for fans to express themselves. We do expect Web2 to still be part of the future. Your NFT can sell tickets to an exclusive streamed event. NFTs aren't competing with existing platforms as much as they are creating new revenue streams. The NFTs will complement current marketing formats, so musicians can expand their business models and have a more sustainable livelihood. With NFTs, artists can focus on their art, they might do less concert tours, and they can own their own art and connect directly with their fans. Having a thousand fans will go much further in terms of income. All good. So maybe you want to do a little research. Where do you buy or trade music NFTs? Well, there are several marketplaces, and soon there will be more popping up. But look into OpenSea, S-E-A, one word. Blur, looks rare, also one word. X2Y2, those are a few. Also, some Web3 platforms like Audius, Sound XYZ, Royal, Opulus, and Catalog, they're more specialized. It's hard to say if the future will move towards specialized or general marketplaces. And getting back to the first part of our question, who has to authorize transactions? Well, there's a move towards permissionless composability meaning developers can access Web3 infrastructure bypassing the permission stages of ERC. The newest wave of dApps are evolving as we speak. dApps are built on Ethereum. They are disruptive and innovative. They both resemble and move beyond the way we are used to managing financial products. Decentralized finance, or DeFi might take parts of the NFTs and adopt a permissionless aspect to make the NFTs actually work better. As musicians, we can think of ways to create content that has value because it's unique. We already do live music that disappears from the last echo in the room. What other ways can we create unique, non-fungible music and experiences? How can we connect with and reward individuals that support our music? I want to wish everyone a happy new year and I encourage you to get your royalties under contract. I think smart contracts are the future, but I also think that live music is here to stay. We'll see you next time and remember to share this episode. And one more time, happy new year. <laughs>